Hey, what's going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the eight game NBA main slate on Monday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make daily videos and live stream for NBA and NFL slates on DraftKings. Also make videos for NBA Top Shot, NFL All Day, and Prize Picks. If you guys are unable to watch these YouTube videos, I do upload on Apple Podcasts. Link is down below. It is called the DK DFS Show. If you want more in-depth content, offer that on patreon.com. NFL and an NBA package on Patreon. The sponsor of this video, guys, is Roast Umber. Um, Roast Umber, if you are a coffee lover, you got to give them a try. Uh, they have coffee, decaf coffee, and my, again, my personal favorite here, the Nitro Cold Brew. So, um, yeah, give it a try, guys. You code DKDFS for 20% off your order. Um, you will not be disappointed. I've been drinking like two nitros a day. I am addicted. So, uh, yeah, guys, give it a try. Um, again, code DKDFS for 20% off. Okay, so um, real quick before we get into the video, I want to give a special shout out to my boy Josh, who came in 15th in the Tournament of Champions uh, today for NFL, winning $15,000. Um, he had a little chief stack. Um with with obj uh this was a hundred person entry and i think i'm pretty sure you had to win to qualify to get into this um but yeah it was still a, a great finish here for josh so congrats uh to him again really good friend of mine and um love love to see a, a good fit finish there um but yeah let's talk some nba dfs guys and i'm ready to forget uh the last week or so um it's probably been one of the worst weeks for me dfs wise and in a long time just i'm sure you guys you have seen on twitter right uh if there's an injury if there's an ejection they're in my lineup uh so it's not been fun uh definitely been a little bit mentally draining to be honest when just like every night it's like what am i just turning into a meme at this point is it just like any time a player gets injured oh yeah he's in my lineup um like it even happened in nfl today i had uh tyler Higby. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, the good thing about DFS is that there's always another slate. So uh, ready to turn this uh, turn this bad luck around here. And let's start off with the Pelicans and the Cavs. So Pelicans, there's a lot of question marks right now. We have JV questionable, Ingram questionable, Josh Hart questionable. JV and Ingram missed the game last game. Josh Hart played, but this is a different injury. Now we got a left knee contusion. It was an ankle before. So um, I do think his status is pretty much 50-50. Um, if Jonas Valanciunas out, we can look to Hernan Gomez, who uh, when I play him, he does nothing. Goes for 21 fancy points. I fade him here against Denver when he's chalky, hoping for foul trouble. 50 bomb, right? Um, but yeah, if, if JV's out, then Hernan Gomez is definitely going to be in play. And then Jackson Hayes would be the backup 5 at 3-7. Would be like playable as a contrarian value play. But Hernan Gomez really the upside player there if JV misses. And then if, you know, like Ingram and Josh Harder out, you know, the likes of like Graham and NAW and Herbert Jones, Garrett Temple, even Alvarado had a good game. These are all guys we're going to have to look to. So, again, a little bit hard to say right now just because we have the three main guys questionable. But, um, yeah, if I had to lean, I would say at least one of these guys come back. I think JV plays. It's just been an illness he's missed the last couple of games, and he's been out uh since like what thursday or friday so if i had to guess i would say he plays whereas like ingram and, and josh hart a little bit more up in the air on the cleveland side so Darius garland 9.1k 
Um, I think it's a relatively safe play for the amount of Mets he's going to get. You know, he's going to do a lot of the playmaking. Uh, so, yeah, no issue going to Garland. As far as the bigs go in Mobley and Allen, neither really stand out. Their respective price points. Um, so, um, yeah, more secondary plays. Kevin Love, 6'4". So, previous couple games before the last one, 24 and 27 minutes. And this game against the Pistons, only 19. So, the minutes kind of been up and down. Obviously, if we're going to get, you know, mid to high 20s minutes, uh, he's going to look a lot better. If we're only getting 19, not so much. So, I think Love's a solid tournament play because if the minutes are there, he's usually a guy that does produce. Um, and then as far as, like, these secondary plays go, so we've seen some, uh, you know, a little bit of extra run for Chetty the last couple games. He played 34 minutes actually against Milwaukee and smashed only 22 against the Pistons. But uh, he's not a bad fancy point per minute guy when he's on the court. So I think he's viable. Um, Okoro should see pretty big minutes, but not a super high usage guy. So again, it's kind of just like a fair uh, secondary play. And then uh, Rajon Rondo is at the flat min price. He should get, you know, around 20 minutes, which I think actually, actually makes him a pretty decent value play. We know he's the guy that can stuff the stat sheet. All right, Clippers and the Pacers. So I was talking about this. Uh, I made an early save video on Patreon. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with this Clippers rotation, right? You have no idea. They're benching starters a lot of the time. They're just randomly. I feel like they're just picking names out of a hat, right? So, like, who knows what's going to happen? I would say, if I had to guess, if the game stays competitive, we do probably get over 30 minutes from Marcus Morris and probably over 30 from Reggie Jackson. But we've seen, still seen some competitive games there for Reggie where he's played like under 20 minutes. So it's hard to feel good about really anyone on the Clippers. But I think Morris, Reggie are the guys that probably have the most upside. Um, Amir Coffey at 5-1, I guess his minutes have been the most secure over the last four games. Uh, production's been a little bit all over the place for him. Luke Kennard, also the minutes have been going up on him off the bench. Uh, production's been there too, but I don't know if he continues to produce at this rate. So like, I'm interested in Luke Kennard, but he might be a little bit over-owned, uh, from box score watchers. And then as far as the bigs go, so they're kind of splitting it with Zubach and Hartenstein, uh, Zubach four five is relatively cheap. And then you have Hartenstein off the bench at three, three, who is a good point per minute guy. It's been seeing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. I think both the centers are in play for me. Uh, Bloodstow, I played him in the early slate. Three fouls in three minutes. Um, but he's someone you can look to for tournaments, right? Terrence Mann's minutes have been kind of trending down, but he's also very, very cheap. And then Justice Winslow's been playing a little bit more. Again, you've had some blowouts. You've had some games where they bench the starters, but he is only 3.7. So Clipper statement, I wish I could break it down better for you guys, but really like the group of, you know, the main rotation players are all in play. But, um, you know, like for example, if you go to Justice Winslow, would I be surprised if he plays 10 minutes tomorrow? Not at all, right? So it's just one of those situations. That if, if you target someone for the Clippers, there's no uh, security in the minutes. Moving on to the Pacers. So I played a low-owned Sabonis last night against Dallas. Was on pace for a massive game blowout. I also had Kristaps Porzingis. He got injured. But back to Sabonis. So um, first couple games back. 44 minutes against the Thunder in overtime, 71 fancy points. 29 in a blowout, 54 fancy points. Right now, he's doing everything for this team. Um, not afraid of the Clippers' front court. So I think Sabonis looks really good at that price. Karis LeVert, I think, has shot uh, a grand total of 15%, feels like, over the last month. He has just been awful. 
Um, but he will do a lot of the ball handling. If the game stays competitive, we should see some big mitts for him. So I don't hate him for tournaments. I think Sabonis is the much safer play. Uh, Goga, uh, his status is up in the air. If he misses, we're going to have Isaiah Jackson play the backup five, who probably doesn't play a ton unless the game blows out, but he will be productive when he's out on the court. Um, we do have Duarte back at 5K, kind of just a fair play in the mid-range. Torrey Craig, Justin Holiday. I mean, these guys in a competitive game probably see around 30 minutes, but neither are great point per minute guys. So they're kind of just like neutral plays for me. Memphis and Philadelphia. So John Morant, 10.1, has been playing out of his mind recently. He had 34 real-life points. Now, didn't do much in the peripheral stat department last game, but I would say that's kind of an outlier based on just recent games. You know, 10 assists, 10 boards. Five boards, eight assists. 13 boards, six assists, right? He's, he's a guy that majority of the year he's been stuffed in the stat sheet so uh not super worried about that last game uh with the lack of peripherals and i still think he's a pretty solid play here even with memphis getting relatively healthy triple j is always in play for tournaments but we know he's a low floor bain feels priced about right um adams against joel Embiid, i could see him playing a little bit more here like maybe pushing for over 30 minutes so I think he's a fair play in the mid-range. Like, I don't know if they want to go to Brandon Clark against Embiid. I think Adam's probably the best bet, right? Um, and then we do have Sloma back. We do have Zaire Williams back. So the likes of, like, Melton and Conchar becomes a little bit riskier. Uh, Melton's price is up. Uh, and, again, I think the minutes are not as secure now with a couple of these other pieces coming back. So, like, the group, this grouping of, like, Melton and, and Slomo and, and Conchar and Zaire Williams, yeah, they're not out of play, but... Uh, I don't know if there's one play that stands out there. On the Philadelphia side, so Joel Embiid is 11-8. Does feel a little bit pricey, but um, he's been playing super, super well this year. And, you know, over the last month, he's really been on a tear. So um, if you have the salary for Joel Embiid, I'm not going to say no. As far as the secondary plays go, Tobias Harris, 7-8. Feels like a relatively safe play. Should play, you know, mid to high 30s minutes. So I think he looks decent. Maxi feels priced about right. We do have Korkmaz status uh, up in the air. If he can't go, probably more run for the likes of like Thibel, Niang, Danny Green. Um, and then Seth Curry, 5-3. Um, I don't hate him. You know, he is scoring dependent. Uh, but uh, we should see over 30 minutes from him. And he's a guy that does have upside if he, not, if he can knock down his shots. Miami and Boston. So Jimmy Butler, 8.9K. Um, I mean, he went off last game. Also, it was a triple overtime game. He was still playing well before that, though. So he's questionable. If he plays... I think he makes for a relatively safe play because right now he's just doing everything for his team. If he misses, you know, then Bam and Abayo, Tyler Hero get a pretty big usage bump. So Bam at 7-5. Um, again, had a solid game, but you would expect a little bit more from him in a triple overtime game. Tyler Hero didn't do much uh, with his opportunity, but again, that was just a Jimmy Butler uh, kind of takeover game. So um, again, if Jimmy's out, Bam and Hero are going to look way, way better. As far as the value goes here for Miami, Gabe Vincent's 4.8K. You know, he's been playing some pretty big minutes of late. I think he's a relatively safe play uh, just because he's been playing consistently over 30 minutes. Duncan Robinson, we've seen a couple big games from him, but we also saw what happened last game, right? And this is what you can get with targeting players like this. If they don't hit their shots, they're going to kill you, right? And 0.75 fans points in 20 minutes, that will definitely end your night early if you have that. Uh, PJ Tucker, 3.9. I think he's a fair value if Jimmy Butler plays. He actually is going to look pretty good if Jimmy Butler misses. Uh, so, again, keep an eye on that. Like, yeah, like Martin as well would be more in play if Jimmy uh, does end up missing. On the Boston side, really tough matchup. And there's just not much that stands out for me. Tatum feels a little bit overpriced. Brown feels priced about right. William, same thing. There's just nothing that stands out to me on the Boston side. Like, it's a Josh Richardson revenge game i guess he's okay value close to min price but 
uh yeah boston probably one of the least appealing teams on the slate moving on to toronto so uh, again, Nick Nurse just straight up lying about extending the rotation. He's just playing these guys massive bets. Like, yeah, the game went to triple overtime, but they were all on pace for like over 40 minutes no matter what. We saw 57 minutes for Pascal Siakam. We'll just go 57 for Siakam, 54 for Fred Van Fleet, 56 for OG Ananubi. Scotty Barnes played 56 minutes, and Gary Trent Jr. played 56 minutes. That is, I know, right? I know it's triple overtime, but still, right? They were all over 40 minutes, even without the overtime. Um, so he's just straight up lying about extending the rotation. Uh, but yeah, with these Toronto guys, and that's the positive. You're just going to see massive minutes for the main five guys. So, like, I think all five are in play. And Siakam, Van Fleet, OG, Barnes, and Trent. As far as the two spend-ups go, I think I lean Van Fleet over Siakam. If I had to pick, he's just a little bit easier to get to because Siakam is only... Well, I guess he does have the power forward eligibility now. He's been back and forth the center and, and power forward only eligibility. But, yeah, both the Toronto main stars are in play. Like, OG and Barnes are fair plays in mid-range for the amount of minutes they're going to get. And Gary Trent Jr. has been shooting really well of late. Uh, the only downside of him is he's kind of score independent. But if he's going to play, like mid to high 30s minutes, um, you know, he can definitely pay off his salary. Uh, so I think, you know, all the main guys look pretty good. I don't think I get to anyone else. Like the minutes have been way down on Boucher. Achua's 3-4. We probably get somewhere around 15 to 20 minutes. I guess you can go there, but I think there's going to be value I feel better about. On the Atlanta side, so not the best matchup here, but I think Trey Young's in play as can try and spend up. Um, he can have a big game in basically any matchup. As far as the bigs go, so Capella's been losing minutes of late. Okongwu's uh, been playing well off the bench. They've been kind of splitting the minutes. So um, I think if I was going to take a shot in the center, uh, Atlanta center, it probably would be Okongwu over or Capella, but I'll probably just stay away from the situation in general. Uh, John Collins is 6'5". Again, the minutes have not been as secure in him either. Now, he's still been producing at a pretty high rate, but again, minutes have kind of been inconsistent. Um, and then like all secondary plays really like the likes of like Badanovich, Hunter, Herder, Gallinari. I don't know if there's anyone that really stands out to me there. Sacramento and New York. So Deer and Fox, status up in the air, gonna be pretty big for the Sacramento Kings team. Harrison Barnes is 6.2K. Um, he should play probably mid to high 30s minutes. I think he's a fair play there in the mid-range. Uh, Buddy Heald, 5.5. Uh, he's always in play for tournaments, but again, does have a low floor if he doesn't hit his shots. Rashawn Holmes is 5K. I think we probably see close to 30 minutes from him. It makes him a relatively safe play uh, if he can stay out of foul trouble. If there's no Fox, Davion Mitchell most likely starts and becomes a solid value play. 32 and 29 minutes in the last couple games that he has started. Um... That's probably it. And then if Fox plays, I'll probably just stay away uh, from the situation, uh, from the Kings in general. Moving on to the Knicks. So um, this is might be a first. We have the Knicks starting lineup out as I'm making this video uh, Sunday night and the game's tomorrow. So we know Randall, Barrett, Fournier, and Robinson, and Kemba are starting. Now with this Knicks team, I mean, this team just frustrates me to no end. Randall's had a very, very up and down year. He's been really struggling of late. 
Uh, but the minutes have still been pretty consistent for him. RJ Barrett over the last month has actually been their best player, um, but uh, he's still kind of priced up. Fournier, I just... I just... I can't stand this guy, right? I just can't... A single-entry player, you just you can't play him, right? Last five games, 11, 25, 7, 11, and then 45 fancy points, right? He is either breaking the slate and winning you all the money, or he is absolutely killing your lineup. There's almost no in-between. Uh, Mitch Robinson, 5-4, been playing well, but his price is also up. Kemba, 5-4, minutes have been all over the place for him. Um, hard to feel confident there. Burks feels too pricey. Quickly is 3.9. I guess he's an okay value play. Again, though, minutes, not secure. So it's just like this next team, I just, I just really don't like talking about them. Golden State and Houston. So Steph Curry, it just, you know, play it on, uh, it's the same thing I say every single time about Steph. And the price, like, continues to go up a little. Like, how he, Steph Curry should be priced sub 10K, right? So at this price, he's overpriced. Now, he can still get you there. Again, he's going to let you down way more often than he comes through for you, though. So you can always go to him in tournaments because the upside is still there, but the floor is way lower. Now, Andrew Wiggins, after after he got announced all-star starter, which is something else, has actually played really well over the last couple of games, 39, 49 fancy points. Now, you are paying a premium for him, but, you know, Houston plays no defense, so he's playable. Clay Thompson, 6K, the minutes have slowly been ticking up on him. I think we get probably close to 30 minutes of him in this game, so kind of like Clay in the mid-range. Uh, Jordan Poole, 5'5", five, five. we should see some decent minutes from him off the bench. He's been playing relatively well. Um, Otto Porter is out, so I'm not sure who the fifth starter is going to be. I don't think they start three guards with Steph, Poole, Clay. So it's going to be, you know, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Looney, and then I don't know who the fifth starter is. Maybe they move Kaminga back in the starting lineup. I'm not sure what they're going to do here. So, well, actually, that's that's pretty significant because there's no Otto, no Draymond, and obviously no Iguodala still. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Kevon Looney, 4'9", should play probably close to 30 minutes if he can stay out of foul trouble, which makes him a fair play. And then the value for Golden State, um, Bielitsa status up in the air. If he can't go, it's actually going to be a relatively thin rotation, which is weird to say for Golden State. But like Kaminga, Gary Payton, Damian Lee should see some decent minutes off the bench. Uh, and again, we'll, well, I guess one of those guys could start. So we'll keep eyeing Golden State in the starting lineup. And on the Houston side, so Christian Wood, 8.6K. Um, I think he's a solid GPP play, right? If the, if the Rocks want any chance to keep this game competitive, you're probably going to need a pretty big game from Wood. Now, KPJ status is up in the air. I think he only missed one game from COVID protocols. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. It's pretty big. If he plays, I think he's a solid tournament play. If he misses, we saw Garrison Matthews move in the starting line from play big minutes. I think he would be a solid value. Only downside is I think the ownership would be up after the last game. Um, and he is scoring dependent. Now, Jalen Green, we saw move to the point with Kevin Porter Jr. out. He had a decent game in 33 minutes, one for 32 fantasy points. So he's going to look better if there's no KPJ. Gordon probably gets a little bit of usage bump. Same with Jay Sean Tate. Off the bench, Christopher's 3-5. I mean, we probably get around 20 minutes from him. Probably around 20 from KJ Martin. Sengend is just strictly in the back of five run right now. So it's hard to get to him unless Christian Wood misses a game. And finally, Portland at OKC. So 
Uh, Nurkic day three had a really disappointing game today. Also, it was a blowout, so not super concerned about it. Uh, you know, throughout the game today, he's Nurkic has been playing really, really well of late. And now against the Thunder, which is you know really good match pair for uh, for Big. So I do like Nurkic quite a bit. I think CJ and Simons are both decent options. They've kind of been taking turns with the playmaking. Both are playing big minutes, and like I said, it's a good matchup. Paul and Covington, more neutral place for me. Like, you're going to see big minutes for them, but I like the upset a little bit more for the guards or even for Nurkic. Um, I don't think I get to anyone off the bench. Like, Macklemore's 3-5. He probably sees around 20 minutes. Uh, Watford will play the backup five. It's, it's just there's not much here uh, for the bench. And finally, the Thunder. So the big news is no Shea. So Josh Giddy at 7-3, I think, looks really solid here. He's going to um, kind of shift more to that point guard role and do a lot of the playmaking. So I think he looks really solid. Dork gets a little bit of a bump, too. I think he's in in play at 6K. He had a big game last game. Darius Baisley probably sees a little bit more run. I think he's in play for tournaments, but his Mets are never secure. Robinson Earl's fine, but he's only center eligible, so I'm probably not going to go there. And then, like, the likes of, like, Kenrich, Trey Mann, Wiggins, even Ty Jerome should see more run without Shea. Again, we'll keep an eye on who they end up starting for Shea. Um, so that is something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, guys, that will do it for the video. So if you have been enjoying the content, just make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. Would really, really appreciate it. I will be doing a YouTube live stream tomorrow, Q&A style. So check that one out, guys. But thanks again. Have a great night. And I'll see you guys all tomorrow.